The celebration of Thanksgiving carries with it a sad irony, one that is, I'm sure, far more common in these United States than it should be. And this irony reveals something to us about the reality of our day-to-day lives. I'll tell you what this irony is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, where every day at 11 Central, right here on Relevant Radio, we dedicate an hour to growing closer to Jesus through spiritual direction. Glad you can join us today. I'm Patrick Conley. Well, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Are you ready? You may just be listening right now as you're scurrying about grocery shopping or preparing food or tidying up around the house. With the flurry of things that often need to be done around the holidays, it can happen that you find yourself so preoccupied with preparations that Thanksgiving becomes more of a chore than a holiday. And here's where that sad irony comes in. We can be so caught up in the many tasks and events that come with celebrating Thanksgiving that we actually forget to be thankful. The very reason for the establishment of this national holiday in the first place. And even faithful Catholics are not immune to failing in gratitude. And as I said, I think this reveals something about everyday life outside of the holidays as well. The demands of your life, your family responsibilities, work duties, household chores, and even social or recreational commitments can become such that you're doing little more than going from one item on the to-do list to the next with no time for reflection. And when there's no time for reflection... Expressing gratitude is often overlooked. In contrast to this, St. Paul has instructed us to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And as we hear in the opening dialogue of the Eucharistic prayer, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. Being grateful, giving thanks is so much more than merely being polite. It is actually a component of justice. Today on the show, we're going to explore gratitude and its relationship to justice with our spiritual director, Father John Lococo. Father Lococo is the director of vocations for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and is studying canon law at the Catholic University of America. Father, welcome back to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. My pleasure. Well, how about Thanksgiving? Maybe we should start there, huh? Any thoughts or traditions or plans for Thanksgiving, Father? Sure. Yeah. I mean... I kind of love that it always falls right near the end of the liturgical year. Just Mm -hmm. as we're about to enter into that new year, there's an opportunity to gather together with friends and family. And it seems to be like the most unfettered holiday that we still have. Like everyone's doing their best to sort of stake their claim, but we can all kind of get around the table and acknowledge that it's good to give thanks. It's good to gather. It's good to have good food. So those will be my plans for Thursday. Um, My sister's home from the convent for the first time in a couple of years. And so we're really nice. excited for everyone to be there. Oh, that is exciting. Well, I hope it's a, a fruitful time together with family, Father. It sounds it sounds wonderful. It sounds great. And just out of curiosity, do you usually have turkey on Thanksgiving? Yes, we have turkey. Like a good Italian family, we usually would have Italian <laughs> sausage on the side. Fantastic. You know, there's I'm one of eight, and then there's about 17, or I can't even tell, 18 niece and nephews, so... It's just sort of like trying not to step on the little munchkins, gathering right. your food. Everyone's around the table. It's the control chaos. 
<laughs> which is that sounds that sounds pretty typical i think for many of my thanksgiving experiences as oh, well yeah. which is which is wonderful it's great I, I really do enjoy it but what about this whole idea father about thanksgiving and giving thanks um it, just the the attitude that we are meant to employ on a day-to-day moment by moment according to saint paul uh, basis where we are giving thanks to god the father yeah you know, to be honest, I think this is one of the most fundamental things that we feel, even in an innate sense. I mean, one of the first things we teach young children is we teach them to share, right? And that that sharing is is kind of, I think, a really important foundation to realize that their lives are not lived in isolation, but we're human persons. We're gifted by God for each other. So if you look back into the book of Genesis, like, it is not good for man to be alone. So this idea of this, like, communion amongst one another is so important. And I think, you know, we feel that division. I think gratitude is one of the first things that sort of like fades away. Um, and I, and I just think recapturing that is such an important part of the spiritual life, not only in our relationship with the Lord, sort of like, as, as you said, as a matter of justice to give back to him, what is due to him, Mm -hmm. but also just sort of having this like constant awareness that our lives are not our own, that God sort of sustains all things, and we are social creatures in communion with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, I do think all the way back to childhood, and you still hear today, thanks be to God, I think it's a good thing when you hear parents, right. you know, you give, you the child receives something from you or something, and a, and a mother or father will turn to the child and say, now what do you say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I think it's good to get in the habit of doing that, but I like to explore, and that I think that's what we're about here on the show today, is explore that there is more to it than just politeness. There's, there's right. actually something that it does for our own souls, for our own benefit, when we, when we again, adopt this attitude of thanks, thankfulness. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's realizing that it goes far beyond just, yeah, politeness is important, certainly. But to really, truly be grateful for something means not only having the capacity to acknowledge what we've received, being able to then express that in thankfulness and appreciation. But then there is this sort of like role of reciprocity. Not like mm-hmm. I should be giving gifts saying, oh, yeah, now I'm giving this gift to get something back. Although, sure. you know, maybe some people are tempted by that. But it's to say is like there is this reciprocity that exists in communion with one another that the Lord sort of gives and takes away. And we're sort of bound up in that sort of rhythm and movement as well, just in our own lives, both in our prayer and our relationship with God, but with one another. It's this constant sort of giving and taking, not to possess, but to share in and to sort of invite others into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into what about, because I think oftentimes, uh, you know, we have oftentimes had, we've had this experience of feeling grateful, mm. but, you know, we can come to Thanksgiving or we can come in any given day in our lives where we're not feeling especially grateful, but that probably doesn't absolve us from actually giving thanks. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, I would say St. Paul seems to intuit this. It's quite often that he's sort of acknowledging not only this need that we should have always to pray, always to give thanks. As he writes to the community in Thessaloniki, he's like, give thanks in all circumstances. And so sort of like placing that on the mantles of our homes saying, to give thanks in good times is easy. It's like our Lord says, you know, what benefit is it to love your friend? I say unto thee, love thy enemy. And so that sort of invitation for the Christian to, at all times, be able to begin and end our days with sort of a word of praise and thanksgiving on our lips is so important because I think what it sort of helps ground us in 
is this awareness that our, our life is truly a gift in every capacity that we sort of like wake up and we should give thanks to God at the beginning of the day for the gift of our life and everything flows from that first sort of initial movement of gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit that when I was uh, kind of early on in developing my faith and everything, I'd, I'd, I'd hear people say, I thank you, Lord, for waking me up this day. And I'm like, <laughs> right. well, that's, that seems a little odd to me early on again. Am I, but mm-hmm. the more and more, especially as I get older, certainly, but uh, the more and more as I'm, I'm going deeper into my own faith, that prayer seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think sort of cultivating that spirit of gratitude, it actually brings us into such a deeper awareness of God's presence and his work of providence in our lives. Like if we're in the practice of gratitude in all things and at all circumstances and at all times, it sort of helps blend us a little bit more beautifully into the God's work that this person or this word or this encouragement or this sort of event this happened, like I can sort of receive this as a movement of God and his invitation into, again, just a deeper relationship with him. And so it's like broadening our vision a little bit just by adopting language like that. I love it. Our spiritual director today, Father John Lococo, as we we're talking about gratitude and justice. That's uh, the relationship between the two about and how we were just saying how gratitude actually opens us up to a deeper experience of God's presence and his providence. If you have a way that you are specifically practicing gratitude on a regular basis, if it comes easy to you, or maybe you struggle and have questions about how can I be grateful or you're facing a situation that doesn't necessarily inspire feelings of gratitude in you, and you have a question about that, give us a call on our toll-free studio line, 888-914-9149. Love to have you be part of the conversation. Again, 888-914-9149, which is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. You can always, always of course, send us an email if you prefer, at relevantradio.com. Well, one of the things that strikes me, especially in the midst of our Eucharistic revival and next year's Eucharistic Congress and everything, as we uh, focus in on the Eucharist, the source and the summit of our faith, that this is a word that actually literally translates as thanksgiving. So you want to take us into that, Father, too, about how if this is the source and the summit of the Christian life, it's all based around thanksgiving, right? Yeah. And, you know, in fact, there there's a lot, I think, within liturgy that speaks to this relationship we're supposed to have with gratitude. You know, this Eucharist is like the action of thanksgiving to God. And again, it's rooted in that virtue of justice is to render back to God what is his due. And so, yeah, what do we pray at Mass? To become what we receive. And what we receive is that perfect self-ablation of Jesus Christ, the Son. And so similarly, that act of gratitude, when we celebrate the Eucharist, we see it as that sacrifice of thanksgiving, of a gift of praise to God the Father, and, and that's why we're always praying, it is truly right and just, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. And so we acknowledge not only sort of the act that we're called to share in, but also that we're supposed to be transformed by as well, that our lives become then also that same sacrifice of thanksgiving that are poured out for others. Yeah, and that's that's an important uh, acknowledgement there too that there is this there is this relationship between giving thanks and a sacrifice as well. You want to say mm-hmm. more about that, Father? What does it mean that gratitude is actually a sacrifice? Yeah, I th- I think it helps sort of speak into the reality that our our relationship with the Lord, although there are times when it should be individual and it feels sort of private, that they're not sort of isolated from the rest of the church, you know. There's something to be said in fulfilling our duty, our Sunday obligation to worship the Lord. Um, there's something to be said for doing it within the context of the body of Christ. 
that the sacrifice that we're called to sort of make is a fundamental part of the Eucharist itself, that it serves for us as spiritual nourishment. And we could see that in the accidents of bread and wine. So we can sort of make that image in our mind. But it also serves for us as a constant presence. We see the Eucharist in this regard. But that sort of last pillar of it's so important. It's almost like three legs of a stool. That if we don't right. have all of those sort of senses in mind of the Eucharist as thanks of as sacrifice, as presence, and as sort of food for the journey, things sort of begin to fall apart. And so to feel connected and united with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and to say the sacrifice of Calvary represented here on the altar by the priest who in the person of Jesus Christ is offering this one sacrifice to the Father, I am called to participate in that. And I can do that in any number of ways, but the most significant way is by joining into this great work of the Eucharist, capital E, of this action of thanksgiving to God and being present there. And so that's something that I sort of share with individuals a lot of the time. They're like, oh, I find God in nature. You know, I like to pray alone. I read the Bible. I think that's wonderful. You should do those things. Mm -hmm. But you can't worship God properly at home. And that means uniting ourselves to the one sacrifice of the Mass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, an important point is that if we if we do have that possibility of, of uh, we have that invitation, I should say, of, in, of uniting ourselves to that holy sacrifice and that we can join in Christ's sacrifice of thanksgiving that he himself offers, that that it too, um, it fuels everything that we are, everything that we do as followers after him as well. Mm -hmm. Again, our spiritual director today, Father John Lococo, as we're talking about the relationship between gratitude and justice. If you on this eve of thanksgiving have many things that you are thankful for and you have a particular ways of offering that thanksgiving, maybe Maybe it's around the Thanksgiving table. Maybe you have the tradition of sharing something or many things that you're thankful for. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Well, I'm, I'm just uh, seeing more and more how gratitude, Father, plays into many of the uh, the virtues, the, mm. the interior attitudes that we particularly want to develop within our lives. For instance, I'm thinking of St. Paul's letter to the Philippians where he writes, have no anxiety about everything, but in everything mm -hmm. by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And he follows that immediately up with, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there's a relationship there between between gratitude and peace as well, it seems. Mm. Yeah, you know, and I think we can, again, look to the Eucharist as a sort of helpful compass to navigate that verse from Paul. You know, to have that peace, when do we have the peace of God? When we are fulfilling the will of God, when we are in communion with his providence and his plan for our lives and the lives of those that we interact with. And so acknowledging the Eucharist as a sacrifice is important. But to remember at the Mass, what does the priest say? Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours maybe what, maybe acceptable. And so it's this sort of discernment that has to be ongoing, that as we're like sharing in the Eucharist, it sort of is, it's sort of begging this response for us, which is, what's the sacrifice we make? It's the surrender of my will and my life to God. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're strengthened by the Eucharist and Christ's real presence. It helps us sort of conform more to the Father's will. But I think this relationship between peace and sacrifice and gratitude is so fundamental. And so that's where Paul's talking about this is, I think I've spoken of in the past on your show, you know, it's like St. Ignatius makes very clear. It said anxiety is the first way that the devil seeks to undermine what God has built up in us. And that's always what we need to correct. So when we feel that anxiety, just say to yourself, this is not from God. 
God is not like, I'll make them more anxious and then they'll love me more. No, mm. he's going to lead us through a spirit of peace. And so often that can become a good check engine light for us in our lives just to say, okay, I feel this anxiety. Now, it's okay to be nervous at, about things and things that are important. You know, I could be nervous before a homily. Trust me, I should be preaching those words, right? But it's about saying like that peace that we want and we desire, it means conformity to God's will. And so that's the ongoing discernment that we can place at the Eucharist is, am I actually surrendering my will to God? And is there peace there is the fruit of that? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Big challenge out there. And I'm grateful that you've offered that to us. It's a challenge and an invitation, of course. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father John Lococo, and about gratitude and thanksgiving as we are just a few hours away from Thanksgiving Day itself. It's Thanksgiving is something that we as Catholics need to be doing, of course, not just one day a year, but every day of every year. And we are grateful that uh, you are joining us today. If you'd like to be part of the conversation on how you give thanks to God, if there's habits that you've developed in your own spiritual life of giving thanks to God, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Or if you have a question about how to be grateful in specific circumstances that you're facing right now, our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we've got more of the conversation coming up right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Got a question for you. How could a little piece of paper weigh more than a side of beef? Well, to find out and hear a story about a, a uh, woman who is actually confronting a butcher, an elderly woman confronting a butcher and what how the Eucharist plays into that, that's in Paris in the mid-1800s. Go over to relevantradio.com slash encounter and watch Father Rocky's newest story of the Eucharist there, relevantradio.com slash encounter. We're speaking today with our spiritual director, Father John Lococo, on gratitude and justice. As we enter into Thanksgiving and all that that means, how are we being thankful this year? If you have a way of being thankful that you'd like to share with the rest of us, please do give us a call, 888-914-9149. And it started out... Actually, in promoing this show, Father, I was talking about how gratitude and justice go together like cranberry sauce and stuffing. Are you a cranberry <laughs> sauce guy yourself? You know, I, I'm I'm an all things to all people sort of guy when it comes to food. So <laughs> I, I'm not discerning. This the cranberry sauce though is is a divisive question is are you a canned cranberry sauce man? Yeah. <laughs> Or are you a homemade cranberry sauce man? That's the question. <laughs> yeah, well, see, we were just my Nick, our producer, and I were just uh, we were talking about that over the break, and uh, I like them both, quite frankly. I mean, I think they're both. I, I can go with the you know the, the the gelatinous glob that holds the shape of the can when it comes out. You know what? I'm even okay with that. I, I think yes. that's all right. Yeah. And yourself? Are you leaning one uh, way or the other? Day of homemade. Day after yeah. cold turkey sandwich. You need the slab of gelatinous blob. Yeah. That gets it done. 
<laughs> All right then, yeah. See, it's uh, it's tradition, right? And it and it tastes good too. That's a good thing. Yeah, very sure. good. <laughs> well, as we're talking about gratitude, and I, I we were talking about how it's related to other virtues that we want to bring up in our own lives as well. Um, one of the things that occurs to me, especially since Thanksgiving is a uniquely American holiday. Um, mm-hmm. There's this spirit in our country about self-sufficiency, you know, pulling oneself up by one's bootstraps mm-hmm. and and making a life for oneself. And there is, although, you know, there there are ways where that is laudable. There are ways, too, where it can kind of steal away at a sense of gratitude, I think. I mean, oftentimes there's a there's a pride there that says, didn't I earn this? So why do I need to give thanks for it? What would we say to something like that, Father? You know, I would say, yeah, absolutely. That division is really clear. Gratitude and humility are kind of inextricably bound. Mm. And we see a lot lot of great scriptural examples. I think Our Lady's a perfect example of this. Um, she confesses what to God that he had done great things to her. And so what is her what is her reaction to magnify the Lord? And so this desire to be able to like manifest in gratitude the greatness that had occurred in her at the Annunciation. And then leading her to this place of exalting someone else. That's an act of humility. But we even see Peter, for example, at the multiplication of the fish, when he's brought Christ out into the boat to speak to the crowds, he sees him prostrate himself, which is an act of humility, but also gratitude for this great catch of fish. And so there is this sort of back and forth that we need to have between these two things. That it's this sort of cyclic relationship. The more humble I am, the more grateful I'll be for all the many gifts. St. Vincent de Paul talks about this in his own sort of works. This like giving glory to God, who is God alone, who alone is the author of my life. This is like just a fundamental part of our spiritual lives. And then the more grateful I am, the more humble I'll be and vice versa. So there's this really beautiful relationship. And when we strip one away, the other is going to suffer. Yeah, that's it. I love the cyclical relationship that you pointed that out, that they they feed into each other, gratitude and humility. And uh, it's something that we can we can carry in there as well. Right. I mean, we we don't have to give up on self-sufficiency. It's not it's not a a state of, uh, you know, complete and utter dependence. Mm -hmm. We are completely and utterly dependent on God and all of his good gifts, of course. But um, you know, Scripture also tells us that the laborer deserves his wages, for example, and that there's. Uh, I know that it's even a, a grave sin to deny somebody a you know a just wage for mm-hmm. for the work that they do. So there's a there's an interplay there, though, that that in and of itself doesn't mean that we need to cultivate a spirit of pride out of it. No, you know, and and I think the callousness of this age, where there's almost this sort of like smirking and and laughing at the athlete who after some great victory says, I want to give glory to my savior, Jesus Christ, or I want to give glory to God. And everyone's like, oh yeah, he's just saying that. You're like, well, I'm not going to, one, A, pretend to know his heart, but also that is actually the right disposition we should have for anything. You know, Um, It's not to say that this young man or woman hasn't put in the effort and actually used sort of like the gifts the Lord has given them and exercised their will and their intellect well so that they could excel. But also everything that we receive is from the Lord. And I think just acknowledging that at the outset, again, is just it gives us a capacity to realize that we don't we don't need to scrape these things together, that it's it's all bound up in the Lord's good work. And so we're just going to sort of be present. And I think it just helps us be present to where God is drawing our attention. Yeah, yeah, it's an excellent point. One of the one of the connections that I have uh, come to really appreciate in my own life and in observing in the lives of others who are grateful people who strike me as you know this person is really filled with gratitude all the time that there's a there's a relationship between gratitude and joy there as well. 
Yeah, definitely. I, you know, and and I think it was something that I noted before I entered seminary. I actually worked in the daycare, and there was there was one thing people would ask. You know, what would be like the common thread that you could sort of unite amongst the kids okay. who are well behaved and well disposed? And I would say they would all be grateful. They would thank you for snack time. They would thank you. You know, they were just huh. like very simple four or five six year old kids, and they also were just the most peaceful and amenable and joyful kids. And I think that you can't sort of separate that as an accidental quality, but I think because they were able to realize the gifts they were receiving, it just it made them realize how blessed they they were. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if it is the the mark of of the Christian life, and uh, as Pope Francis has reminded us too, uh, that that's that that joy that comes with that. I mean, again, it seems like you do have a, a mutually feeding relationship there as well. That that gratitude actually helps cultivate joy, and in return, joy just moves us into a state of deeper gratitude. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, another thing that pops up in my head about uh, gratitude and the, some of the things that it can cultivate, some of the positive good things that it can help us to grow more spiritually mature in our own lives is gratitude also seems to lead to generosity. I mean, when we're grateful for all that we've received, it seems like it's much easier to turn around and then be generous with all that we've received. Yeah, and our Lord seems to make that a point of emphasis. And if we think into into Luke's gospel, if I'm remembering correctly, you know, he's making another one of his corrections to the Pharisees, mm-hmm. and he 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 makes a comparison that they're like cups and dishes that are clean on the outside, and inside they're full of greed and wickedness. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, what is what is his remedy? Give alms for those things that are within. And so there's this disposition that the Lord wants to underscore, which is to say, okay, you have this appearance of order, but in fact, I'm noting this disorder in your life. And so here's the remedy. You need to give from yourself, right? You need to give more. It's the rich young man who says, Lord, I'm observing your commandments. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Give away all that you have. I mean, the church invites us always into this practice of corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And I fear that in a lot of ways, that gets relegated at best to the season of Lent. But those mm. friends are when we're supposed to increase prayer and fasting and almsgiving. It should be kind of part of our life and to say, which corporal work of mercy, which spiritual work of mercy is the Lord inviting me to participate in? And that could be a really beautiful gift. And this is why I think even the most sort of closed-minded, calloused, unchurched teenager <laughs> they come back from a mission trip, and there's yeah. something that's been stirred up in them. Oh, yeah. Because the Lord knows that when we're able to give, even from our poverty, there's something really beautiful. We've carved out a space for him to kind of really do some work in our spiritual lives. Ah, that's an excellent point. Yes, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen it in others', others lives as well as uh, I've accompanied them on these type, sorts of mission trips and seeing that transformation that actually occurs as they are, are they encountering you know people who maybe live at a very much lower standard of living than they're accustomed to and mm-hmm. suddenly their their own their own uh, standard of living their own uh, habits of life look uh, quite quite rich quite wealthy in in comparison well okay so since you brought up giving alms and uh, that's what Jesus is prescribing for um, in, in a sense, in being ungrateful and that sort of thing. Let's move into uh, talking about practical steps of of expressing gratitude. So giving alms may be uh, right up there near the top of the list, yeah? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, th- I think something I'm always so edified by is just the number of different communities 
churches and otherwise, frankly, that do the Thanksgiving dinners and make the pumpkin pies and and offer the turkeys and sort of donate those things. And so it's a great sign that actually when there's a collaborative effort for this sort of single goal, I think people have this desire to give. I remember my first pastor was assigned to, he sort of kind of preached. He was like, if you would like to leave your shoes that are on your feet in the atrium, I will bring them to St. Vincent de Paul. And like 400 pairs of shoes were left. Wow. And I remember that example because it's so clear to me. It's it's not like there's this increase in malice. I think there's this limited opportunity. And so if you sort of like ask the individual, like, would you be able to do this thing? I think it's it's a real rich sort of um, invitation. And, and a lot of people want to help. They want to make the Thanksgiving meal. So the first thing is, I just think practically is not just this week, but during Advent throughout the year is, yeah, what are my opportunities to actually give back? You know, mm-hmm. where are the soup kitchens? What does my parish actually need? Where are the homebound in my parish? Who can I make a visit to? There's a lot of things. That, but our discernment of the Lord's invitation, it has to be rooted in what's real. And so call your parish, call your local charity, call your food bank or soup kitchen, find out when are you guys open, when do you need workers? And then that's something you can take immediately into your prayer and say, Jesus, are you asking me to give in this way? Yeah, yeah. All right, very good. I'm thinking, too, of uh, gathering as families, as communities, as friends around the Thanksgiving table tomorrow, but also in any time that we're getting together with others in this in a situation of, of dinner, of food. If there's food involved, of course, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's an excellent way of building relationship as well. But there's ways that we can be grateful even in the or maybe especially in those types of contexts as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's almost like, you know, when we don't have to be like a Norman Rockwell painting here, you know, sitting around the <laughs> Thanksgiving table. Right. At least in our family, it's just like untenable. It's too many people and certainly too many personalities. So yeah. um, I think, though, having that practice of sort of even individually, it's like to ask yourself, like, when's the last time I expressed to my parent, to my sibling, to my spouse, to my children, something that I'm grateful for? And I, and I think so often it, I sort of will counsel people. It's like not only to make increase our, our acts of gratitude, just verbally, right? But to yeah. do so with specificity, yeah. you know? And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen in my time with sort of working with, with uh, religious men and women because their life is, is it's so insulated in a sense of, not isolated, but it's, it's very, very intense. And they're living in these intense communities with a lot of real three-dimensional people. And so those communities and the healthy ones, they are sort of masters at gratitude. And a lot of it is not only because they're in the frequent practice of giving thanks, but they're in the frequent practice of giving thanks in specificity. And so mm-hmm. thank you, Father, for the way in which you preached on this. It really helped me deal with this. You know, like those are the things that I hear when if I go and offer mass to them. And so my encouragement would just be like to sit around the table, to name those things we're grateful for, but to sort of like go a little bit maybe further than you normally do. Like I'm really grateful that this happened or for this person because of X, Y, and Z, and sort of like naming the way that it's sort of helped you out. And so um, there's a difference between the person who opens the gift and says, oh, thanks, you know, and the person who opens the gift and says, oh, my gosh, I really needed this because I wanted to do X, Y, or Z. And so I think feeling that distinction it feels just a little bit, but it's a little bit more intentional. And it's a kind of, it's a model for our prayer too, friends. Like we should be praying, not just, oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus, for this. I really need help with this, but to sort of invite the Lord into that dialogue more clearly. Mm, yeah. 
Well, Father, I am grateful for you taking the time to be our spiritual director today. Father Lococo is the director of vocations for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, studying canon law at the Catholic University of America and talking to us today about being grateful uh, as we are heading into Thanksgiving, but also being grateful all the time, Advent, Lent, Easter, Christmas, all ordinary time, all the seasons of the year, to live out a life of gratitude in imitation of our Lord, who has given himself wholly in Thanksgiving to the Father and for our salvation. If you have ways that you have developed a spirit of gratitude in your own life that is pervasive, that maybe it runs throughout your life, We'd love to hear from you at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father, uh, okay, so little little uh, backing up here into Thanksgiving tradition. So are you a mashed potatoes and gravy guy? I am an everything guy. Oh, right. th- my brothers and I already had a vigorous debate over fluffy versus creamy skin in or not gravy yep. on top or on the side. So yep. we've hashed it out. I'm very pro mashed potatoes. It's a good finder <laughs> for everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, here's what I would I would throw in there is that the gravy, I mean, I don't know where we ever got this idea that the gravy is just for the potatoes because oh, it's yeah. so good on everything on the stuffing on the turkey and you know maybe even on the italian sausage i don't know i'll leave we live in a though. fallen world or else people would know <laughs> that intuitively the gravy actually you could just make a moat with your mashed potatoes and yep. just fill it with the gravy oh, yeah. and you'll be right. fine absolutely then you have a little dipping dipping area yeah, too. there you go yeah <laughs> right when needed oh great we're talking about being grateful today uh here on the inner life and really knowing that gratitude is really moving us deeper into a relationship with the Lord whenever we're grateful. Uh, other practical tips that you might have, Father, about gratitude and how maybe just how it moves into that that spirit of peace, going back to our earlier conversation about the relationship between gratitude and peace. So we can actually cultivate peace, not just in our relationship with the Lord, but as you mentioned before, this is something that affects our horizontal relationships, as it were, as well, right, with one another. Yeah, you know, I think... Yeah. It seems that politics and political life has dominated everything. And so increasingly right. these holidays, like you just see these articles, like how to navigate your uncle or, you know, how to navigate this cousin. It's like we can be real avenues of peace. And I think sort of with, you know, armed with gratitude is a great first step. You know, family can be at times, you know, a source of tension. There could be difficulties. There could be things that we sort of haven't overcome. Um, but a real sort of safe avenue that's a good first step always at these things is just gratitude, gratitude for the food that's been offered, for the people that are hosting, for mm-hmm. people who have shown up. And I think that's just like a good invitation for all, all of us to see that as peacemakers, which we're called yeah. to by the Lord, um, that gratitude is kind of at its heart. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's a little bit of a I mean it's disarming sometimes when we're when we're grateful and uh, if there's tension that are mounting in the room. Just saying, stopping and saying, thank you. You know, I'm really thankful for this, like you were saying, with specificity about mm. you, about these things that you offer to our familial or dynamic or whatever it may be that we can offer in specific as well. Uh, this great conversation about gratitude, being grateful here on The Inner Life today is uh, with Father John Lacoco, who's our spiritual director today. 
And uh, we are we would love for you to join the conversation. If you have ways of being grateful that you would like to share with the rest of us, 888-914-9149, or you have a question about how to be grateful in specific circumstances, maybe you're not looking forward to Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. Maybe it's uh, not something that is, that is uh, part of your everyday life, or maybe it's something that is actually causing you some anxiety. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149 or our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life and Father John LaCoco right after this. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. I've got plenty to be thankful for. I haven't got great big yacht to sail from shore to shore. Still, I've got plenty to be thankful for. Don't we all have plenty to be thankful for, thanks to the Lord's generosity in our lives and how we see that lived out. Yeah, every day, not just on Thanksgiving Day. And Bing Crosby put it very nice there for us that, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to be grateful for. That's what we're talking about today on The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich. My Let's be more specific. Nick, thank you. Thank you for producing the show and doing all the work that it takes behind the scenes to put this together. And Thomas, thank you for being faithful there at the phone bank um, and taking people's calls for us. We are grateful for that as well. And I'm grateful, too, to our spiritual director, Father John Lococo, as we're talking about gratitude here on the show today. Father, back to the back to the food here for a sure. minute now. Um, one of the things I look forward to every year with Thanksgiving, there's a lot I look forward to, but specifically every year, Thanksgiving in our household means pie. And mm. uh, we don't often have pie, but we have homemade pies of all, well, not of all types, but of many types uh, at our Thanksgiving. Are you a pie guy as well? I am a pie guy. I mean, let's. I have to get. I have to be honest on the show, right? Uh-oh, if I had yeah. to choose, I'm a savory and salt over sweet guy. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm ordered enough. If somebody brings me pie, I'll eat it. But I don't find myself <laughs> sort of like. I'll take the extra plate of stuffing. I guess my pie question would be to sort of counter and say, why are savory meat pies not part of Thanksgiving? Uh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, maybe they will be now. You've made the suggestion, right? <laughs> Probably so. not. If not, I'll just stick with the con pie. <laughs> Is that more of a British thing? <laughs> that may that may be more of a British thing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, it it might be. And I'll tell you this though that I think if you had a savory meat pie, uh, that gravy would go really well oh, on that as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I, I will, here's what I will say. Since you said pecan pie, that's that's the one that I make and I enjoy, I, I enjoy all types of pies, but pecan is certainly my favorite. And mm. I think, Father, the reason for that is that I too am more of a savory and salt guy than a sweet guy. But sure. um, I, I, I think the pecan has enough of the saltiness in it that uh, it, it appeals most of all. So... That's kind of where I'm at with the pie thing. So I yeah. think that's a good that's a good take. I'd be right in line with you there. <laughs> Very good. Well, Father, not just Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow, but of course we're uh, just a little over a week away from the beginning of the holy season of Advent, and I'm thinking mm. that 
gratitude, of course, being part of our of our lives day in and day out in the Christian life. Um, but Advent specifically, with its looking ahead to Christmas and celebrating the the coming of Jesus, then the first uh, the first time his incarnate coming, and then his uh, his coming again at the end of all things, his second coming as well. What what are these two anticipatory or anticipations? How can they build gratitude in our lives? Yeah, I think, you know, again, acknowledging the penitential sort of aspect of Advent, penitential in the sense that it's about inviting ourselves into the season of preparation for the coming of the Lord. And, if, you know, if you look back, actually, I've been sort of fascinated and praying through a little bit, the initial proclamation in 1863 by Abraham Lincoln, which actually yeah. is almost 75 years to the day after the first Thanksgiving you know, by the first president was celebrated with George Washington. There's a long tradition of it, but I think finally proclaiming it, that was President Lincoln. And he talks about inaugurating this day of Thanksgiving and praise mm-hmm. to our beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens. And so this idea that Thanksgiving is this secular holiday, well, I suppose it can be ascribed to all sorts of people, but it's about a day not only to give thanks to God for the blessing, but also, and I find this very curious, to offer sort of humble penitence for our disobedience. And mm-hmm. and what is what does the president go on to say? To try to be become more consistent with the divine purposes. And so finding in, in, in that proclamation this sort of innate sense that the people have that we need to sort of continue to manifest in our own lives, that gratitude is not only about thanksgiving and acknowledging blessings, but it's about sort of something that's restorative. It's about something that's reparative. It's something about healing the disorder in our lives. And that's really what that time of preparation for is seeing that the Christ child who sort of comes to us in obscurity and in poverty, he does so, so as to bring us out of this place of disorder. He comes as our savior, but he comes in sort of unseen ways. And so the best way to prepare our minds and hearts to see the Lord and to really find him in the obscurity of our lives is again, that practice of gratitude. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you mentioned that we're bringing us out of disorder because that just what that fuels in my mind is this whole understanding that perhaps what do you think about this father that ingratitude that mm-hmm. so the lack of the practice of gratitude is actually a disorder it moves us deeper into disordered living yeah yeah i would think so as well you know and and i think we find ourselves i think just so sort of turned in upon our own self care and concerns and we have no respect or sort of any mindfulness for the least amongst us. And and I think that's, again, not the normal disposition. People want to help. People want to give. People want to restore order. But it's sort of the reality of sin. And I think the less and less that we're able to sort of acknowledge the gift that others are to us, the more closed in in ourselves we become. It's almost like uh, just sort of isolating. And it's this cycle almost in the opposite way that you'll get caught into. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's that's what I'm thinking too. And but not to not to harp too much on this because I know that uh, you know I I live in the midst of an American society. I'm vastly influenced by American society and mm-hmm. that sort of things myself, and and always have to have to keep that in check the the positives and the negatives with how that works out in my in my Catholic life and seeking to center my life on God and on Jesus. That yeah, sometimes it it seems to coincide fairly well, but sometimes it doesn't. But <laughs> It has been a constant, uh, well, for at least the last decade, it has been a constant kind of uh, awareness that I have at this time of year, the 
again, the sad, another sad irony. I started the show with a sad irony, but another sad irony about um, the juxtaposition of Thanksgiving followed immediately by Black Friday, right? And that there's this kind of, well, there, it used to be. I don't know if it still is or not because I don't partake in the Black Friday shopping. But it used to be that people were being seriously injured as people were clamoring over one another yeah. uh, to get these these you know sought after items. And it just seems to me like that is that is a poster child, as it were, of ingratitude, of disorder. Yeah, and I think it betrays just, again, um, the false freedom and happiness that the world wants to continue to hold out to us. You know, I mean, Mm. I would invite people to think, like, what was the thing that you really sought last year at Christmas or on Black Friday? Like, is it even part of your life still? You know, and I think Mm. going through that exercise, like these things, um, there's such sort of passing fancies and it's now not just Black Friday. And I think that's the thing. It's it's Cyber Monday. And then it's also it's like advertisements for four weeks in anticipation of Black Friday. And then there's the November. You know, it's like it's kind of never stopping just all right. of this sort of like consumer impulse. Be like, no, no, no. Cultivate more things, more things, more things. You'd be happy. The happiest people I know are the people who own nothing, who live the evangelical councils. It's the right. religious yep. in my life. Poverty, chastity, obedience. They're saying, you know what? I can reject everything. And not only that rejection, right? But then this positive movement out towards you. I'm going to pour myself out for you. And so I think just acknowledging that gratitude then cultivates that generosity and then vice versa, you know, just sort of flowing in on itself. That's the real freedom. That's the real freedom. And so my encouragement for folks, you know, during Advent is especially just to have an awareness of of the things in their life, like mm-hmm. to go right before Christmas and bring those things into a goodwill or into uh, St. Vincent de Paul and sort of just make that donation. You feel freer. You know, I think anytime we do the spring cleaning, we're like, oh, my gosh, it's so good to unburden myself of all of those things. They sort of have this like distressing effect on us. And so like we feel free when it's just like, okay, I don't need these things because I know they don't really provide me happiness. Only the Lord can provide that. Yeah. And when you talk about this consumer mentality and everything, and I'm thinking about consuming something, to me, that just brings to mind an attitude of, uh, well, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to use it for all the good that I can get out of it. And then I'm going to toss it away, you know, throw it away once it's done. But that's not what actually happens, is it? Because we it, we take it in, and then, like you were just saying, Father, it actually starts to shape our our interaction with the material world, certainly, but also with our our whole understanding of you know what is this life all about? And maybe it's just all about getting something that's bigger, better, that you know satisfies more. And then, you, of course, you're not you're always wanting more. You're you're needing more to bring you to that same level of comfortability, satisfaction, you know, satiation, whatever it would be. Mm. You know, I think we're fascinated by like ancient artifacts, you know, those old typewriters, those old sort of sewing machines, things that were made so well. Um, what's what we find sort of resonant in our lives, not only they're made with intention, maybe they're not the most streamlined, maybe they don't work as well as like some sort of modern version, but they, they sure as heck last. And I think that sort of like sense of like stability and presence and like mindfulness, I think in this age, it's so it so quickly pulls us away from where the Lord's activity is, not only sort of the consumer sort of impulse, but also that sort of rejection of cultivating gratitude and generosity mm-hmm. in our lives. And I just think we're attracted to those things because there's like a permanence to them. There's like a substance and a weight to them and in a way that today's sort of like consumer goods don't. And so, you know, I, I think that's what we're finding is like uh, people are just sort of like, I think, feeling this reversion back to 
things of substance. That to me is an encouraging sign. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. And I'm, I'm appreciative of that as well. All right, Father, one more Thanksgiving tradition question. And that is, uh, do you turn on the TV at all? And if so, are you watching the Macy's Parade or football or anything like that? Yes. So it has been a veil of tears being a Packers fan this year. That's fine. <laughs> yes. I'm we had into that. 30 years of good quarterbacks, <laughs> and now it's just. An, so, no, we'll be watching some Packer football on Sunday. And, uh, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll have some. I think we usually watch the. There's a Peanuts Thanksgiving episode we'll watch with the niece and nephews or something nice. like that. But. Yeah. yeah nice. What about you? Very football? Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Football game is usually on in, in the background and, and like to see that happening. But uh, yeah, I have been a devotee of, of the Macy's parade as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it's just, it's one of those things that I'll be honest that uh, there aren't a lot of, you know, huge crowd things that I would say, oh man, I'd like to take that in. But it, I, mm. I could see going out to, to New York someday for the, for the Thanksgiving day parade. Maybe braving the crowds just to see it in person someday, but we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, the live relevant radio episode from Macy's yeah, parade. broadcast live from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Hey, perfect. Um, okay, I'm gonna pitch that upstairs and see what happens. All right. <laughs> well, as we as we kind of move towards the close of the show here, Father, let's just return to um, just to just what gratitude means for the life of the follower of Christ. I mean, wh- why is it so essential that we live a life of gratitude? Because it keeps us united with God the Father, the author of all things, the creator of all things. And I think I think our faith begins to suffer is when we begin to feel ourselves isolated from him, when we feel as our, we're just sort of following this philosophy or this ideology. And it's sort of when we begin to sort of waver from the, the proximity and sort of the love of the incarnation of God who comes to us. Why? Because he wants to give everything to us. And so to realize that everything that he offers, including his only begotten son, is this true gift. And so I think that's why it just has to sit there kind of right at the heart. It's a keystone in the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And some of the practical things that you said that we could do to um, to develop, to enrich our own understanding of gratitude. You mentioned, of course, maintaining humility being one of them, but giving of ourselves. So perhaps mm-hmm. especially to those who are most in need and giving thanks with specificity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To really sit within your prayer, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, to sort of read through those and say, I'm not doing any of these things, or I'm only doing one of these things. Okay, where's the Lord's invitation there? Maybe there's a little bit something more that you can do, especially during this Advent season. And how about when it comes to specificity, too, that uh, maybe there's somebody in in your life right now who you need to say thank you to that you haven't perhaps you haven't even talked to this person in a number of maybe this is an invitation to you know what i was really grateful for this person maybe it's something they did for you long ago an old teacher uh, a distant relative uh, a friend that you haven't spoken to in a long time maybe there's something there that you can reconnect and just uh, with a word of thanksgiving yeah yeah, you know, and I think just even the kind of quote unquote old practice, right? Writing a thank you note to somebody. Yeah, I mean, I try exactly. to do that all the time. But even I think, as you said, sort of an unprompted sort of write a letter to an old teacher, write a letter to an old coach, to a mentor, to a friend, an old boss, like that would be very meaningful to somebody. And it might be what the Lord's inviting you to into. You know, the work of salvation happens in these small and clandestine ways. And so to really mm-hmm. sort of pray for that invitation from the Holy Spirit. And gratitude indeed can be contagious. Well, Father, we're so grateful that you joined us. I am literally grateful that you joined us for our, as, for this conversation today here on The Inner Life. 
And uh, as you know, we always like to close the show with a blessing. So if we could get a blessing from you, please, Father. Absolutely. We'll just close simply. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And mighty God bless you all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. As always, you can hear any of our shows over at relevantradio.com slash inner life. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Rich Geschel. And from the Inner Life crew and all of us here at Relevant Radio, very happy and blessed Thanksgiving to you and to all that you love. Thanks for joining us on the Inner Life. Happy Thanksgiving. And until we meet again, grace and peace. <laughs>